reporting back on my seminar in Perth, questions about medicals, and TSO GPS. What kind is in your aircraft? I answer these questions and more coming right up. So strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 74 of the Flight Training Australia podcast, the podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host, Trent Robinson. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to my regular listeners and especially to my patrons who support the podcast. Remember, you too can join me on patreon.com forward slash flight training Australia and sign up as a $5 support fan, $15 appreciation fan or $35 a month gets you the prestigious title as one of my number one fans. Think about the information you get from these podcasts and the amount of money you would be spending on briefing charges alone. It's great value, helps keep the content coming, and most of all is tax deductible for you. Links are in the episode description. Go check it out, and I'd love to have your support. I hope you've had a great week. I uh, had a really busy week, actually, a week and a half down in Perth uh, for family reasons, but I managed to get in a really quick presentation to uh, some lucky Perth students and pilots that were from uh, the WA Aviation College and RACWA who uh, kindly hosted the event, along with some other students from Goldfield Air Services, Air Flight, and some other pilots and uh, former colleagues that uh, came along as well just to catch up. It was a great attendance, uh, so thank you to everyone who came along. As you would have seen, the subject was top-end flying and tips on getting your first job, which uh, was all absorbed by everyone and plenty of questions afterwards. Uh, I was there for about three hours in the end, and um, yeah, look, it was really great. Really good to meet everybody and to spread the word on uh, safety and top-end flying, all about the wet season and uh, trying to help people with their, their job applications and how the, how the whole process goes. It can be incredibly daunting when you're launching out from a flight school to try and get your first job and just some basic tips um, to go towards making that process more successful um, is really important. Right now up in the top end, this is typically uh, the beginning of the dry season. It's about to start. Still got a little bit of rain around, but uh, it's definitely in the change of season and this is where things really normally kick off. Um, as you would have heard, there have been plenty of jobs been going right through the wet season uh, and it still hasn't changed. So make sure you are in the uh, in the pot and make yourself stand out. The biggest difference now is that more students are starting to graduate and more people are starting to come up here now. So you are competing with a lot, uh, a lot more pilots. So make sure that you're prepared, well-organized, and ready to go. I will uh, record that again. I did have the camera and everything set up, but unfortunately the, the lighting was just all wrong. I was really dark, and uh, I just wasn't very happy with it. So I'm going to re-record that um, here at home, and I'll get that up on YouTube for you soon. I also do have some plans to try and take it to other uh, flying schools across the country. Um, haven't quite worked out how yet, but stay tuned on that one. But in the meantime, it'll be up on YouTube soon, and I'll, of course, let you all know when that happens, but I'm going to try and get that done this week. Speaking of safety, 
there's there's been a few incidents recently which have uh, sadly had mixed results in their uh, level of survivability. Some have uh, done a good job and walked away. Others have not been so fortunate. Now, I've commented on this before, but again, I just feel the need to remind everybody that there's been a lot of comments on these things online. I understand everyone wants to know what happened um, just about the incident itself, but also, you know, what maybe happened and why. Uh, aviation is synonymous for learning from mistakes and understanding what happened. But it is really important that we learn about these things from the facts and not speculation and uh, online trolls or just people feeling the need to have to have their say. Um, there's been a couple of threads of late, which I'm sure if you've been following the uh I won't say the page, but you'll uh, understand from the tone of my voice that the uh, comments have been a bit brazen, uh, I feel unnecessary, highly speculative, uh, generalised, and just really not helpful at all. The overall tone of what they're trying to say is, uh, I think, valid, but the delivery is just not there at all. But just... The point I really want to make is just remember that everyone on these groups is you and I, most likely a pilot uh, or a former pilot of general interest now, whatever it is, Um, but everyone's commenting, contributing in whatever form. And usually it's one of those pilots that then that day they're the one involved in an incident or an accident. Now, obviously, if they don't make it through, then this is just tragic and they're not going to see anything. But if they do... You know, how would you feel doing your absolute best to the the limit of your capability and training and reading people just dragging you down and writing these comments that just aren't helpful at all, uh, lacking all the information and the data? Um, They might be correct. They might not be. But it just doesn't help anybody. So I just want everyone just to be mindful that let's not judge too quick and and criticise without all the facts, regardless of how obvious it may seem. Um, Be respectful of your fellow aviators. We're all out there doing our best. Uh, We can all make mistakes. That's why we do what we do and train for the uh, outcomes and events that we do, all right? And, And just remember that friends and families can potentially see these things and that's not helping anyone. Let's support each other, wait for the uh, official findings to come out and then let's discuss that in a way that is going to help each other grow in their journey as a pilot. Thank you to everyone who responded to the interview I did with Angela Garvey the other week. Uh, Angela's from Navigating Aviation and all about uh, you know mental health and uh, support in the aviation industry, uh, not to mention anyone else's industry, but specifically in aviation. And some really great uh, feedback from that one and a few questions that came up a couple of times. And that was maybe be a good idea if I could do a interview with a, a DAMI or a designated aviation medical examiner to find out you know, what we can safely disclose to them and to AVMED. Now, my wife is a DAMI. And I have talked to her about this. And the reason why this is a bit tricky is because if I'm going to give you advice or information, it needs to be able to be applied broadly. So if I talk about something 
in flight training or rules and regs, then that's what it is, and you can go ahead and, and do that pretty much anywhere. But with Damies, um, and it really depends on who you're going to go and see. Now, the, the only way I really feel the we, or how we can deal with this and, and the only way to really get the, the final answer, I guess, is to go straight to the top. So Kate Madison is the head of uh, medicine at CASA, and the only one I really feel that can truly give an indication on AvMed disclosure and what CASA are going to do with that information. Uh, Damies range far and wide, and whilst all doing the same job, can have varying opinions on matters, which is the big issue. How they react to the information you report and potentially how they present it to CASA is one thing, but then what is CASA going to do with it is another. And I know plenty of cases where people have uh, said, yes, I smoked a marijuana joint behind the school shed uh, some 20 years ago and then put through a bunch of tests to find out whether they're still actually smoking marijuana. It's got nothing to do with anything. It doesn't, they're not doing it anymore or something they did as a kid, um, but it causes people issues. And there's all manner of other variations on on that theme, which I'm not going to go into now. Um. So I'm not here to launch a campaign against CASA. I'm not here to criticise AFMED. Um, I'm not interested in doing that. I'm also not a news service as such or a political platform. That's something more, um, you know, for other aviation magazines and, and AOPA and that sort of thing to pursue potentially. But if it's a topic that you would like me to cover, that's what I am here for. Um, I'm here to pass on information. I'm here to talk to people are interesting and can give um, accurate information to you all uh, so you know what's sort of going on and help you to make good decisions. So if you feel that that's going to empower you to get the medical help you need and advice uh, without you feeling like you need to withhold information, which could potentially lead to an issue down the line, which is really what an aviation medical is all about, foreseeing potential issues and dealing with them sensibly uh, rather than ending careers, Unless, of course, that's the only option. Um, let me know what you think. Comment in uh, or send me a message if you'd like me to try and do that and I'll uh, see what I can do to pursue um, Kate on that topic and give me some questions to ask her as well. I'll uh, post that online on Instagram or Facebook as well sometime and uh, see what you want to get. But, again, not here to cast a bash. That's not going to get us anywhere. We need uh, good, genuine questions to find out the info. All right, finally, um, again, I've covered this topic a few times and I do get it asked a lot and I do understand why because it is quite baffling at times. Um, This is the message from Jared who uh, sent me a message just uh, last week and it was that when your GPS, this is for IFR pilots, by the way, but when your GPS transitions into approach mode, how do you know what the CDI scale will do as you progressively get closer to the runway? Um, he goes on to talk about the various scales that he's aware of, but just trying to really find out where the information is. And it's a good question, Jared. The technical standard orders or TSO ratings for GPSs are pretty much either 121, sorry, 129, or 145, 146. Now, they are all approved for IFR operations and can do IFR approaches. Remember, so remember we start with en route mode outside 30 miles from our departure or destination aerodrome. 
we move into a terminal mode and then finally approach mode. En route mode is either five miles for a 129 unit or two miles for 14546, one mile for terminal mode, and then 0.3 for approach mode. It scales to approach mode two miles from the final approach fix. And then if it's a 145 or 146 unit, it will then further scale down to 0.1 of a mile. So, okay, there's your revision. So now how do we determine whether you have a 129 or 14546 GPS? And it's not, well, the kind of unit that is plugged into the dash. It's a good indication, but you can't tell because the software is what ultimately decides what it is. G1000s all came out as TSO 129 GPS units, as did Garmin 430s and the like. So if you've got a brand new aeroplane, you can pretty much be assured that it's going to be a 14546 unit. But the only way to ultimately know is you need to check the aviation supplement. Now, a supplement is something that gets added to the POH or the uh, flight manual. If it's not in the supplement because it wasn't added post-manufacture, it will be in the standard manual. And in there, it will tell you this TSO rating of that GPS unit along with the PBN tolerances and requirements or capabilities, rather, that it can do. All right, You then match up those codes to what's in the AIP, and that'll tell you what you need to circle on your flight plan. All right, so hopefully that helps you. Hopefully that clears it up for everybody. It is confusing. It would be so much better if it had a boot-up screen that said, ta-da, I am a TSO-145-146 GPS unit. Welcome. And then you would know exactly what's going on. The Garmin units are good that they will typically present the CDI scaling tolerance on the screen, but not all GPSs do that. G1000s don't do that, for example. So you need to watch those modes. You need to check that it's in on route mode. It's in terminal mode when you hit 30 miles and it's in uh, approach mode at the appropriate times for obvious reasons. Uh, this is something I will go into in a uh, YouTube video as well. I think graphically it will make a bit more sense and be easier to follow and understand. All right. But in the meantime, Jared, thank you for your question and everyone else that has asked that. Um, like I said, I know I've covered it before, but with a lot of things, they need to be repeated um, just to help it all sink in. All right, guys, that's it for today. It's good to be back. Um, had a nice week off. We'll be straight back into it. Remember, every Monday I'll be here. If you've got a topic you would like covered, um, apart from responding to any uh, social media posts that I put out asking for ideas, feel free to send them through. You can get me on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for Trent Robinson Aviation and send me a message. Uh, email info at trentrobinsonaviation.com.au. I'm also on TikTok, on LinkedIn, and you can get me on whatever your favorite platform is there and send me through some information. Remember, all those links and uh, information is in the podcast description of the browser that you are listening to now. And I still would love to hear from you uh, with a five-star review on Spotify. Uh, it doesn't work so well on the computer system, but if you're on an iPad or iPhone, you can do that. Or if you go to Apple Podcasts, you can log in with your Apple ID and then you can leave a five-star written review 
there as well. I would love to read those. And uh, again, it helps the podcast be found by others just like you. Uh, There's new listeners joining every week and I am over the moon to have you here and we'll keep the good content coming. All right. I've got some fantastic episodes coming up. Um, There's a couple of interviews that I'm desperately trying to lock down. Um, People just, yeah, things keep coming up. I'm all set, ready to go, about to hit record and then something happens. But we will get them done and keep you entertained. All right, guys, if you've got this far, thank you again for joining me. Take care, see you next week, and remember the golden rule. Aviate, navigate, communicate. See ya. See ya.